Joe Mays and J-Rack Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Rack Show. Bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Stuck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Hockey. College football. But now Blackman is going to put it up on first down. He's going for the bundle. Garrity! Touchdown! And the NFL. The Denver Broncos are world champions. They have just won Super Bowl 50. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 206th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, co-host Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. You know, we've, we've been jumping around on topics a little bit, um, especially last week with your and Corinne's list. Um, and then... <laughs> and then uh, let's let's know, set being, this straight. That was get... only my list. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're, we're back... Into a more normal topic. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's better or worse, though. We'll, we'll have to decide later on. Yeah, um, we're gonna do a little Philly sports update. We haven't talked Philly sports much recently. On purpose, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so we're gonna do that uh, this evening. Uh, but we do want to thank uh, Corinne for coming on the show last weekend, and also if uh, you were listening, I started another podcast on Friday evening. Uh, which is going to be a you know, random shuffle of uh, various uh, friends and acquaintances. I'll let you figure out which one Justin is, but uh, they're going to rotate in here and we're going to talk other non-sports topics uh, like Star Wars primarily probably because that's what's on the, the front of everyone's head um, over the last year or two. Uh, but we like a, a lot of other things too and we enjoy talking about it. So uh, if you're at all interested in um, pop culture, you know, geek culture, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, television, movies, video games, uh, every so often, and we're not, you know, we're not uh, set on a schedule or times, you know, it probably only happened a handful of times a year. But if you're interested in any of that, you should definitely look up Tangents with Friends. It's presented by the Joe Mays and JRF show, and it's uh, tangential to sports. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're diving off of the sports aspect of it and going with, uh, you know, the movies and TVs and whatnot. So uh, Tangents with Friends. The first episode was Friday evening with Brian and Brent Berenthausen, and we dissected the 2016 Ghostbusters trailer and the Rogue One, a Star Wars story trailer. We talked about both of those as trailers themselves and also about the upcoming movies, Ghostbusters coming out in July and Rogue One, a Star Wars story coming out in December. Um, one of them we loved and one of them we were not so thrilled thing. about. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, yeah, I uh, remember when, when the... Uh, 
Well, actually, I should make you listen to the podcast, I guess, to get that info. But I remember your reactions to both of those, actually, uh, when, when they came out. So I know. <laughs> yeah, spoiler and, and, alert. Yeah. And many people who know you already know. But yeah. if you want more information. And you uh, can hear Brian, Brent, and I pretty much were on the same page for both of them. We, we, we dissected, you know, scene by scene, each of them, and talked about the expectations for each movie uh, and why we were. We're not excited for it. And you can hear that on Tangents with Friends, and that's in the JMNJR Radio iTunes feed. You can also find it at jmnjrradio.com. So this evening, again, we're going to do our Philly update. But before we do that, we are going to give you the contact information in case anyone out there would like to interact with us live. Yeah, we'd love to have your take on uh, any of the you know teams or sports that we're talking about tonight. Again, kind of a Philly-centric show but more along the lines of you know that includes some playoffs and uh some schedule releases and, and things like that so if you would if you want to call the show you can call the maze sandwich shop hotline at 530-563-6297 again 530-563-6297 you can also uh, email the show anytime using the maze sandwich shop email inbox at joe maze and jraf at gmail.com again joe maze and jraf at gmail.com real quick shout out to maze sandwich shop for the first time ever, I tried a, a new sandwich yesterday. Whoa! And it was this is groundbreaking. It was fantastic. I had the chicken parm sandwich, and it was ah, it was yes. delicious. And I was full for hours. I'm not like <laughs> this. Sounds well, like I'm just throwing you a bone there. Full like, breaded chicken patties. Yeah, I. It's a it lot. Was, it's a lot of lot of. It was filling. it was very good. When now, I, did you when get I picked it? it up? I was like, man, this is this is a legit did sandwich. You get it with sauce and provolone. Sauce and provolone. Wow! Yes. Actually. Um, to add to the story, when they called in the order, I did not call in the order, but it was my family was ordering, and the person taking the order said, "Wait, is Justin there?" Because there was no turkey and cheese dry, dry plain. Yeah, there was none of that, and every other sandwich had mayo, so that person deduced that I had to be the chicken parm sandwich, and their mind was blown. That, that would have blown my mind too. <laughs> it probably was either Denali or Corinne because I don't. I don't. It was think, Corinne. I don't think Mary or Bailey would have been up on that. I could see Denali being Mary on would it. if I was there ordering. I right, think, but person, like not yeah. like calling on the phone. No. Right. Yeah, you're right. Wow, branching out. Well, I'm glad you. I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed. It was it. delicious. Sometimes you got to come in and, and try maybe a third sandwich and sit down on the new patio. <laughs> Absolutely. Soak in the sun, Absolutely. Right? Bring Austin I, I, for a little uh, yeah. mini corn dog meal, or uh, there we go. you know, if he takes after Jamie, he'll eat something besides turkey or apparently chicken parm. Um, he is a little more adventurous than I am. Okay. Not crazy, but... so he eats five things instead of four things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So speaking of tangents. So speaking of tangents, uh, on the next tangent with friends, Justin tries chicken parm. <laughs> All right, so last week we updated you on the bracket challenge. Again, congratulations to my Aunt Steph for winning that, and we'll make sure she gets a shirt. We had Corinne in last week to talk about um, her top ten list as part of our Best Of series, and now this week uh, we're going to get back into some of our normal stuff, talking some local sports, and we'll do a Philly update. All right, so let's start here. Well, where should we go first? I guess let's start with the Phillies. Yeah, because honestly, that might be the highest of notes so far. And not that the Phillies are, you know, extremely high note, but I think if you look, um, if you would have said, maybe not at the end of spring training, because I think the good spring training had some people's hopes up, but if you would have said two months ago that the Phillies, you know, a couple weeks into the season would be six and seven, you know, and uh, starting pitching for the most part has looked pretty solid. 
and that the bullpen got off to a shaky start, but then kind of uh, picked things up a little bit. I think most people would have been like, all right, you know, like th- that's that's some growth in, in the right area. And Okay, okay, uh, hold on, I'm cutting you off. No problem. Pause for a second. I will. Sorry, I, I tried I, to do that love when that. we started that, and it didn't load on the iPad. <laughs> of so course, I was like, of oh, course. of course. So anyways, back to what you were saying about the right. Phillies. So I, the Phillies, you know, not off to a, a blazing start. Actually, they got off to a terrible start, but have since rebounded. Um, and, you know, are, are six and seven. Um, big win today, uh, just in terms of mentality right. and, and mindset and a lot of the young guys kind of being able to, to kind of step up late. Um you know, and today's win, just the way it went down was was fantastic. Right. Well, I mean, they came into this series at five and five. The Nationals were seven and one. Like the Nationals were off to yeah, a great Nationals start. are like one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, and uh, hey, I called it. I told him NLA's team to beat. I'm bragging already. Eleven games into the 162 game season, but um, yeah, the Nationals are seven and one coming in, and they looked the part. Taking the Phillies to the woodshed over the first two games, I think they outscored yeah. them like fifteen to Beating one. Beating number one and two, two pitchers, bad. Yeah, Nola gave up what like six yesterday. Yeah, so it didn't look good. Um, then on uh, on uh, today on Sunday, uh, Phillies came out. They jumped out to an early lead. They held on one nothing until the six, and then it was tied up. Well, they went through um, the ninth, still tied. And uh, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> I know what that was. <laughs> um, so they went to extras. We got some bonus baseball uh, in Philadelphia today, and on thankfully, a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Yes, there, right? um, thankfully, the uh, Phillies were actually able to pull it off thanks to this play. If I can get everything working here. Oh, an ad. Okay, we'll just keep talking while the ad, ad plays. Yeah. So. In the top of the ninth, or sorry, in the top of the tenth, it looked like Bryce Harper was out on a called third strike. It ended up being a ball, and on the next pitch, he hits a home run to take the lead, and the Nationals are celebrating because they think they've won the game. Then that leads to this in the bottom of the tenth. Out toward left field, Jason Worth venturing back, did it get over his head? It did! Blanco will score! Freddie Galvis the opposite way! And the Bills score two here in the bottom of the tenth inning to come from behind, and they win it by a five. So there was uh, there was a couple of things there that makes that awesome. One, the Phillies won. Yes. Two, it went over worst head. Three, it was off of Pipelbot. <laughs> right, right. And to make like to make it even better, the tying run was on a hit to left field where um, the guy Borges, who I really like actually. Um, has come and and beats Worth's throw home to tie the game on basically the play before. Um, but, 
you know, some of the Nationals fans, and rightfully so, are like, oh my gosh, the Phillies who are 6-7 and seven are acting like they won the World Series. We blew them out two games, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're right. But the, the key is they beat, Every win they beat Papelbon, and they beat Worth, they feel like, in, in this one instance, because he let the ball get over his head with two After outs, looking like they were going to lose, giving outs, up a run like, in the what, top of the 10th. Right, yeah. So, it is a big win. Because these teams are playing for different things. Like, I know that's not... The Phillies not... are playing for 500. The Nationals right. are playing for a division and right. a pennant. And they're playing for the young guys to get better. One of the things that I, I really like, Abdubal Herrera, who, who I don't know what it is, but I've liked him since they got him up in, in the lineup last year. He didn't draw his 12th walk until his 327th at bat last year on, eight, on August 5th. He has 12 walks already. Right, seven in it's the last seven in the last four games, I believe, and is currently seeing the most pitches per at bat for any player in the major leagues. So talk, talk about, about the development of a young player, right. and that's what this Philly team's about. That's that's the stuff that I'm excited for, and it, the keys like this, getting these emotional wins over Papelbon and the Nationals, over the good teams. Yeah, they lost two out of three in the series, but getting this win today, the way it happened. You know, fighting back after getting blown out the first two games. like That's the thing you need to keep the young guys kind of just keep plodding along, keep plodding along, beat the Padres, beat the bad teams three out of four games, you know, win those series, hang in there and battle with the tough teams. That's what I want out of this Phillies team. I want to see that fight that we saw a decade ago. That You know, that's basically what it comes down to, of these young guys starting to get better and really starting to fill in their roles. Ultimately is the star of the game, and he's with Greg Murphy. Murph? Yeah, it took a little teamwork to get that done, but Freddie Galvis is the uh, the, the final at-bat, and uh, you've had a couple walk-offs in your career. How does that one rank? That one probably felt pretty good. Uh, yeah, I actually feel pretty good. Uh, used to win the game, you know. That's what we're playing for. We try to play hard. The whole nine innings, uh, I think... <laughs> Oh, we're getting double dose. Thanks, Cam. Well, that's that, that's how we're gonna do. We have to play hard. We have to play deep, and come with a big hit. And I think it's a good win for us. You know, it's been hard for you guys to string a couple of hits together. You're able to do that here in extra innings. Uh, how important can you build off of that? How important is it to get those and, and then take that and, and take it into the next series? Yeah, it's really important. You know, try to. We have to be on base. You know, we have to play little balls. Uh, we do to, we do today in the last inning. Uh, why do you have a good bye, you know? We have to play hard to the end, that's it. What does it say about this team that you're able to continue to battle like that? Yeah, we have, we're going to do it all season long. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Freddie, thank you. Guys, back. So that was Freddie Galvis. He had the game-winning hit uh, this afternoon. The Phillies are able to take one from the Nationals, who, like I said, uh, they're the best it's only team. their second and, loss. Right, it's only their second loss in the season. So the Phillies, hey, they sit at 6-7. and seven. They're hovering around five. If they could mm. stay at hovering around five hundred or oh get to five hundred, what an accomplishment it would yeah. be! Yeah, and you know, it, it it's really like I said. They I've seen signs of the things I want to see this season: young players improving, some of the young pitching starting to figure out what you really have going on there. So that's what they need to build on. Um, you know, I don't think. I'm hopeful that this season is going to play more out like like that in, in seeing development and growth than the doom and gloom that a lot of people kind of anticipated going into the season. I tend to be the eternal optimist with the Phillies, um, sometimes blind optimism, so I don't know. You know, Maybe that's just me, but I really think they are poised to have a better season than I people expect. That doesn't mean it's going to be a great season. It just means it's going to be better than what a lot of people think, where the, you know, I, I – 
I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I'm hopeful that the Phillies, um, at least what we see so far, is just you know a lot of what we'll see this season. I know that means ups and downs, but it also means getting better. Right. So the Phillies, they're probably actually, honestly, maybe a little bit better than we anticipated at this juncture. It's very early, 13 games in. You know, not a lot can be said right. this early on. But I mean, it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to take it. And we've seen, and this is what happens to the young players, inconsistency. We saw Nola look good last week. He struggled yesterday. But what about Velasquez's last start? He looks like a keeper. Yeah. (laughs) Best two-game start in Philly's franchise history. One of the best pitching performances in Philly's history based on game score. Rates right up there with Halliday's perfect game. Yeah, and first first Phillies pitcher to have 16 strikeouts in a complete game shutout and no walks since Kurt Schilling did it in 1997, which I think might have been his last year with the Phillies. Yeah, so moving on from something that until the day's win looked kind of bleak um, yeah. to something that is all gloom at the moment, and that is the status of one of the other Philadelphia sports teams, and that would be the Philadelphia Flyers. A tall order for the Flyers just got taller, and Sean Couturier will likely miss two weeks due to a shoulder injury suffered in Philly's Game 1 loss. Since 2007, the top seed in each conference has never lost their opening round series after winning Game 1. Their offense, Joe, have not had a shot yet against Basin. This one's deflected down. Henry pass just jammed wide. Ovechkin was loose for a moment. And he had a wide open net. It just jammed him off the heel of his stick. Mason was on the other side of the net, Joe. as a layup for the grade eight. Carlson inching closer to the cage. Rister on the way. During the interchange, you see the I formation in front of the net. You have Oshie and you have Mojo. Then look at the goaltender. Look to the right, Joe. And the shot comes to the left. Look at the cheat on the goalie Mason. He's trying to get sight lines beyond Mojo, Marcus Johansson. And a nice looking snapshot. Carly's on the board first, his eighth career playoff goal. Giroux, slap pass, Simmons steps, pad save, hoping two of them. Rebound loose and just triple wide. He deserved a standing ovation. Often your goaltender is your best penalty killer. That was a perfect sequence that shows that. Williams carving in on the toe drag. He hits Carlson. Great save by Mason. He's a big goaltender. Watch the reach he has with that left leg. Here's the Williams pass across. Sharp angle and the split save. That is a wonderful stop right there in the pad. Notice how he is splitting there. That is the splits at the biggest point you could possibly do. What a stop by Mason. I don't think the Flyers could have played a better first period, Joe. The way they came out against this Capitals team. But oh, no! A dump in from beyond center squirts through. Washington leads by two. That is a goalie's nightmare. And you wonder about the after effects of that full split brilliant save. He just took his eyes, lost concentration for a moment. We didn't see a a horribly bad bounce on the way as the puck was skittering towards the cage, and somehow it lands in the back of the net. Shamara at 2.26. So we're going to stop the pain there. That would put up the Capitals 2-0 on a goal that just is a complete fluke. Yeah. Very rarely happens. I was actually at a Flyers game in Philadelphia where something similar in the fact that it was a, like, head banging against the wall goal. Um, this one wasn't on the ice. It was in the air. John Van Riesbroek 
I dump in, bounce like behind his helmet down his back into the goal. And I was at that game for that. <laughs> um, actually, generally, when I go to a Flyers game, they win. If I would tally up my record, I'm pretty good when I go and watch them in person. But I've been there for a couple heartbreakers because um, I think that Van Beesbrook one was in the playoffs. Um, but I was also at the 2000 Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 the end of Eric Lindros as a flyer, and when the Flyers gave up a three to one uh, lead, yeah, yeah. to, to um, go on to the Stanley Cup, and the the Devils went on and won that Stanley Cup. But, anyways, back to this year. Um, so the Flyers they weren't expected to do much this season. They were young. They had a lot of interesting players, but they were. St- there were supposed to be brighter days ahead, and there still are, because the system is one of the best, if not the best, in the NHL with the talent that's at Lehigh Valley, uh, or or in um, the junior system. Yeah, that that belo- the rights belong to the Flyers, and we could see a few of those uh, next year. But this year was just kind of a transition year. Um, didn't think the Flyers would be in the top eight in the Eastern Conference. And all of a sudden, since about the mid to end of February, they started to turn things on. They hit a couple of rough patches. But they bounced back and were able to clinch a playoff spot near the end of the regular season. In the penultimate game, they clinched a spot in the playoffs. And uh, coincidentally, uh, Uncle Rich uh, knocking the Boston Bruins from postseason play. Uh, But here they are. Their award for making the playoffs a bit of a surprise to many is to play the best team in hockey, the Washington Capitals, yeah. and their rosters are stacked. They flew through the regu- regular season. They won the President's Trophy, which was given to the team with the best regular season record. Um, the w- only thing going against the Capitals and for the Flyers before the series started was that the Capitals choke in the playoffs a lot. Yeah, It's been documented since uh, Ovechkin's gotten there You know, in the mid to late 2000s. I don't they've think they've been the made number the one, conference finals. They, they? I'm not, if they've made the conference finals, they obviously didn't advance past it, but they've been the number one seed like three or four times, and they haven't gotten to the conference finals as the number one seed. Right. So they have not played well when it's the most important. Um, and then this past week, um, the Flyers uh, founder, Ed Snyder, passed away. So the Flyers had all this emotional momentum on their side. They were going to be playing for Ed. Uh, couple that with the Capitals' you know, ineffectiveness in the second season, and a lot of the Flyers would be putting up a fight. Well, through two games, that's not happened. Their offense can't do anything. Right, and that's that's kind of where I feel like a lot of people, especially yesterday, were like, oh, Mason, that goal, you know, yeah, that, you know what, that's terrible. And he took the blame, and he's like, yeah, like, it just it can't happen. It happened, like, we just need to move on. My biggest concern right now is that the Flyers have scored one goal in two games, um, including none on the power play. Uh, they're, they're 0 for the power play in two games. Um, just, it, you know, what? It, it looks like you have a team that snuck into the playoffs, playing against the best team in the league. That That's what this looks like. And a lot of people, and I was reading this yesterday, a bunch online, you get people on both sides, but um, you know, you have people complain about calls or no calls and stuff like this. And somebody's like, you know, this is not that case. This is a case of they're being outworked. the best team in hockey playing better and, and playing more aggressive and doing all the things that you need to do when you're the best team in hockey and, and kind of taking it to them. Um, you know, now hopefully, Hopefully the Flyers can regroup here, come home, channel some of that emotional momentum, hopefully in a positive sense and, and get things. You know what? What do they have to lose? You know, right. Play like you have nothing to lose, you know, in the next couple of games, because like, you know, everybody was saying, oh, the pressure's on the Capitals, pressure's on the Capitals. And it is because because of the things you mentioned before. But, hey, let's just go out and play. 
You know, just go out and play. Give them everything you got. Make them earn every one of those wins. Make it as hard as you can for them to get four wins. If that means you win one or two games, hey, you know what? You overachieved on the season. It didn't end how you wanted it to in the playoffs. Everybody was kind of hoping. I think people got ahead of themselves when they thought about how far the emotion could take the Flyers. Because, again, like you said, this was a team most people said weren't wasn't going to make the playoffs. You know, And so when they did... Then people are like, oh, well, the emotion, they're going to ride this emotional w- wave and, and just crush everyone. In my defense, work like that. I predicted <coughs> the Flyers. Fo- really? That's that's twice tonight. You're on thin ice here, buddy. Yeah, I, I almost don't want to fix it. <laughs> In my defense, I said the Flyers would beat the Capitals four games of two before the emotional momentum from oh, okay. the passing of Ed Snyder. So I'm like hipster Flyers expectations yeah, yeah. here were way too high. Now, I really thought that that they would have a little bit of a better showing Oh, I here thought they'd the be playing better than they have I, been, I didn't think they were going to win the first two, but I thought they'd win one of them. If you win one and you flip that home ice advantage, anything goes. Now that they're then down the 0-2... Really, right, they have, the Flyers have to win both their home games. They have to win both their home games because they're not coming back from 1-3 to three against the best team in the league. Right, now. So they need to win these next two. Um I mean, that's where we're at. The, we need the, the marquee players have to set up. Now, I think Simmons has been playing okay, but Drew yeah. and Voracek need to, need no, to get yeah. going. Voracek had a goal yesterday, I think. but The only goal that we've seen so far. Right, but, you know. And you're, they're you're just doing they're it not, without Couturier, right. which you heard the video they're say. Not, they're not hitting. They're not, you know. Ovechkin is, is really leading the Capitals, too. Like he's He's taking the leadership role, which is something he's been accused of not doing in the playoffs. So, it is. In, I am interested to see. Big picture, even though it's at the cost of my rooting interest, the Flyers, to see, is this the year Ovechkin just says, forget it. Now, again, I know it's a team effort because they're the best team, but is he the guy who's going to lead them through the playoffs? I'm wondering if the Flyers are gassed from essentially being in playoff hockey for the last six weeks. Yeah. Like, they had to play at the top of the game to stay with Detroit, Boston, um, was the Penguins at the beginning of the run, and then they pulled away. Um, the Islanders, like, to stay I'm, in the pack with all those teams, they had to be playing at their best, and for the most part, they did. Now, there's a couple hiccups along the way. They looked terrible against Pittsburgh in the right. games that they played against them, but Pittsburgh's playing at a very high level, right, and that was yeah. without Evgeny Malkin, who was just returning. Right, who's back and has... Not looked good. No. <laughs> the Rangers beat the Penguins uh, yesterday, so... Or was that today? Yesterday. Yesterday. Um, so that's where I with the Flyers. Um, before we move on and talk a little Eagles, we did have I got a text from my dad. Actually, two of them. Um, one of them was about the Phillies. So we're going to jump back to the Phillies for a moment. Um, he says to him their biggest weak spot is the relief pitching. If they had any kind of relief pitchers, they would have had another two or three wins. And and I was thinking about this. You know, they're what six and seven after this this yeah. series. The two that they lost to the Nationals were starting pitching and offense. Yeah. Offense has been kind of a standard problem through almost every game. But you look at the the beginning of the season, those first two against first the two Reds, games, they lost they're up 2-1 to one yeah. in the 8th or later. They were 2-1 in the ninth, the first day. You have you know a solid closer, which I know that'll get the Ken Giles fans riled up. You have a solid yeah. closer. That's two more wins. All of a sudden, now I know. This is a tra- transit property that I talk about all the time. But like You change one game, they all change. But if you take it out, you know, compartmentalize, if the Flyers get those two wins right. back, all of a sudden they're not 6-7, and seven, they're 8-5. and five. Right. On the other hand, in that Giles trade, they got a pitcher who just got 16 <laughs> right. strikeouts the other day. I said compartmentalize. Oh, oh, oh yeah. We're not using rational thinking. No, no. We're using we're sports thinking. So, but um, no, I'm, and I agree no, with and, him. Right. And I, I agree. 
Except, like, there were also some, like, in the next, like, in the Mets and Padres series where, you know, the starting pitching did did phenomenal, but the bullpen came in and did their job, too. Which, again, I was just hoping that's kind of where they've turned the corner, you know? I know it's early to say they've turned the corner on the season, but, like, <laughs> just in terms of it's not necessarily going to be a dumpster fire all year, that there will be moments where See, some of them get it done. The, but. the relief pitching stuff reminds me of... Um, Re- reviews like of customer service like anytime it's good you don't hear about it but when it's terrible See, you hear about it. which is why relief i pitching. try to always let people know when i when i have good yeah, service exactly <clears throat> relief pitching <laughs> relief pitching in baseball is kind of like that like right we're we're, we're so mad about, about those two or three games that they blew in seventh or eighth or later you know they couldn't get the save or the hold or whatever but then the games that they come in and pitch well, it's just like, right. well, you did your job. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. And that's the way that and, right. exactly. customer service and reviews and, work. And when, when you're when supposed to do it, that. It's supposed to always be good. When I look at it, you know, I said after that first one, because they blew it in the eighth inning in the opening day, I was like, look, this is exactly why you trade Ken Giles, because you're not going to be able to even get to the ninth most of the time. Well, the next day they blow it in the ninth, and I was like, eh. oh, yeah. Okay. So that argument's out the window. But so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree. They need they need better relief pitching and they need some better hitting. But it'll get there. A lot of the guys are young. Franco's looking good. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, and he's one I of like the guys. Phillies send out those be like Mike, but it's M A I K. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, then the other thing that that Bill had to say was um, he's coming home from a vacation to Disney and he missed the blue and white game, so he wanted to know how they look. Um, Blue looked good, and he heard that Jan Johnson got to play. Oh, now, really? I didn't read any recaps, um, other I've, than some offensive lines. So, yeah, I've read um, into it a little bit and watched some highlights and recaps. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that real quick. Well, I just but... going to say, I, to me, based on the performance and the stuff I've seen, Trace McSorley is the starting quarterback. Yeah, and I think Rich Garcella wrote it's an article today about that. it. Basically, said it's his job to lose, which isn't really a shocker. He considering... took over for Hackenberg in the bowl game. Like, right? He's been there for how long? I exactly. didn't think the truth. I didn't think freshman Zembeek was gonna right gonna right. have the chance. The other the only other guy was what Tommy Stevens, right? Right, right. So you have a couple young guys. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because. Sometimes you might lose one of those guys if the guy there gets the job. Is not Hackenberg, but he's a no. better fit for Franklin's system. And he's a perfect fit for um, the new guy, the new uh, offensive coordinator system. At one point, I think he was 17 of 18. Like, he ended the day, I think, 23 of 27. Now he had, Four touchdowns, one interception. Right. Now, it was the ones against the twos. Right. No, um, yeah. You know, he had everything going for him. But they said, like, you, you could just see. Confidence. You could see, like, it's all about – and people are like, oh, it's a college system. Yes. Yes, it is. The good news is Penn State is a college yeah, football team. It's a good thing team. they're not in the so, NFL. Yeah. So I'm fine with them running a college system. Um, you know, I I think the Blue and White game did exactly for me what I wanted it to do. There were no major injuries. Barkley didn't even play. Good. <laughs> Which well, did, Mark why? Allen looked amazing. Right. And he why? looked like Darren Sproles. Right. That's what everyone why? said. In the why play? You know, Saquon <laughs> Barkley, and I'm not trying to speak with hyperbole here, he could be the greatest Penn State running back in history. Yeah. You know, it's now I'm not saying based on one year. I'm saying with potential. Right. Because right. I know there's incredible right. running and, backs. Right. And you, you know, never know what will happen. People burst on the scene their freshman year and – but yeah, you're right. The pendulum is there, and especially he's in the, the new one systems. of the strongest like, oh players gosh. in Penn State history, <laughs> right. and he's a running I love, back. I love when he when he did the power queen record this year. He knocked off um, oh the guy just, who just graduated, defensive tackle uh, Zettel. Zettel oh, the- held the record, a defensive tackle, 
And your running back just knocked and him off the list. And your running back just knocked him off the list. Your freshman running back. And I love that he went to Whitehall. You know, yeah, he's that, a that's Pennsylvania cool. guy. But there were no major injuries. Um, you could see that they've got some work to do, but that the system, the new system is picking picking up. And, you know, some of the guys who they're looking to maybe step it up and compete for some starting jobs this year at various positions were able to compete in, well, in the Blue and White game. We've said this is a make-or-break year for Franklin. they got to go 8-4 and four with a bowl win or 9-3 and three with bowl win or loss. I think yeah, it would be up yeah. in the air depending on where they're at get, who they're if playing. If you get to 8, I think you need. If a, you're eight, I think he's good. I think he's good, but you want to end with that bowl and get the right, nine right. and four. Especially if you're in the eight and four bowl game, right. which he should win. Um, with if they win seven games, he better have some marquee wins in there, and something happened. That and they better the win the losses. bowl game. They better right. be seven so and five. And then he better five. beat Temple. He better beat Pitt. Oh, and yeah. he needs to win, beat like one of those other Michigan, marquee, State, which Michigan leads State. you to believe like he has to win more than seven games right. at that point. You win those games when we ran through the schedule a few weeks ago. If they win those games, I don't know how they only win seven at that point. Right. So uh, we'll get back to the Philly stuff now. We're going to finish up with the last Philadelphia team of any importance right now, and that would be the Eagles because yeah. um, the 76ers are just a dumpster fire. We've seen uh, now the Colangelos have decided to come I, in and, bl- and I'm blow telling, up the project. I'm telling you what's going to happen. I'm telling you, these picks are going to turn out to be gold. And these, the Hinky's picks are going to turn out to be gold. It, I mean, some of the picks that he's made, some of the picks that they have in the future, which is possibly four first-round picks this year. Right. Which means you move them. Like, you, you can't have four first-rounds in the sure first. Sure you can. You, you might. But anyway, it's going to turn out to be One, gold. Two, three, They're going four. to turn around. Jerry Colangelo is going to be like a Hall of Famer based on his Philly work when Sam Hinkie's the one who took the fall this for an, all this. Is this an Ed Wade, Pat Gillick scenario? This is. Well, I think it is. I really do. That they, because Ed Wade did a lot of things to set it up, but, Ed Wade but never couldn't could, get him over the top. Ed Wade could never complement what he was building. Right. And then he was sent packing before the guys he built and brought in, mostly right. through the draft, right. made, met their prime. All those Phillies you love are the guys Ed that Wade. Ed Wade brought up. And the guys that helped win the World Series, those were Pat Gillick guys. Right. They're the guys who took him over the top. Jason Worth, I believe, was brought in Joe by Blanton. Gillick. You know, like Shane Dobbs. Victorino, like those guys. You um, know. Coast, yeah, like the, those those role players, right. Pedro Feliz, like those but, guys that were brought in by Gillick. No, don't get me wrong, like I understand that there has to be some accountability for Hinky at some point, but like I, I don't know, like the Sixers were terrible before Hinky. Like they weren't good. Like people are like, oh, they made the playoffs. Yeah, they made the playoffs. And they beat the Bulls. You know why they beat the Bulls? Because Derrick Rose blew his knee out. Right. Like, that's why they beat the Bulls. Um, it's Can just... we squeeze in Union, Soul, and Wings and have this be a full Philly update? <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah, I'll do team. it right now. The Union are the soccer team. The Soul are the arena team. And the Wings are the lacrosse team. There we go. There we go. All right, so moving on to the Eagles. I'm going to pull up something that happened this week, and that was the schedule release. So here you're seeing the Eagles 2016 schedule. It's going to kick up, kick off on, uh, excuse me, Sunday, September 11th, one o'clock at home against the Browns. They set you up with a softball there. Don't screw it up. Yeah, they will screw it up, and this is definitely going to be. This is like my worst fear because I have friends, good friends that are Browns fans, and they'll be talking trash because friends or acquaintances, friends. Okay, like are real you going to go there? All right, you know, you never know with <laughs> Joe. I, you know, yeah, you know, it goes back and forth. 
maybe acquaintances by the end of the game when the Browns <laughs> beat the Eagles, and I'm just so infuriated because the Eagles are already off to a bad start. Then you're that, just going to say, you know what? That's he not an indictment on any move. I just feel like... He never should have left Miami. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, it, when if the Eagles beat the Browns, I'll be relentless in sending those texts. Then they go right away into primetime, going to Chicago, playing Monday night in the second week of the season. Think about that, though. This is two terrible teams from last year. From last in year, prime right. Team. I know, but playing in primetime in week well, two. But it's the Monday night schedule. Did you read the book, um, These yes. Guys Have All the Fun? Yeah. How, How stupid talks. they make the ESPN people look? Well, yeah, and because they say, like, the ESPN – well, I don't know if this is in that book. I think it is about how – ESPN, or maybe it's in a, a, an update from the, the guy who wrote the book. Okay. But when ESPN over the last few years has gone kind of head-to-head with the NFL, like in some of the concussion reporting and just various things, and not that ESPN would ever report something carelessly. Oh, no, but never. Because of that, they've said, if you look at some of ESPN's games that they get on the Monday nights, which obviously can't be flexed out. You can't flex out the Monday night games when you can the Sunday night games for NBC. um, Basically, how you would predict these games going early on has gotten worse and worse for ESPN kind of like each year. Now, some people are like, we're looking way too into it. And some people are like, you can never look way into anything the NFL does because everything is super calculated. It's a when the dollar almighty industry. dollar is involved, I right. absolutely think everything done is calculated. But they, in the book, it says how when one, when ABC, which they're all part of right, the Disney right, Corporation, yeah. but when ABC stopped the Monday night and ESPN's the one that got it, it was made clear when the rights came up that um, they were trying to make Sunday night a big night and the Monday night package was being moved to NBC for their re- rebirth in the football again when they when they got that sunday night package so and the monday night games were always the game of the week right well that was they were the nfl was saying that is going to nbc like i i don't know if they were paying more or if it is the politics involved but nbc was getting the monday night package this is all in that book those guys have all the fun that story i've heard it's a great book i haven't read i have the book if you want to borrow you more than i actually kind of do yeah. Um, I've heard it makes me think a lot makes, less of a lot of people oh, that it I makes like. You, yeah, well, I don't like any of them. Well, I know, but there's at guys the who I feel I like did, I like. Though, right, I exactly. Did, this is like a couple months exactly. before everything hit the fan. Um, yeah, it does not make you like a lot of the personalities at ESPN. And it makes the people that started ESPN, you, like, you feel bad for them because they just right. got it yanked out from under them. Right, like they got it going and then like, okay, we got this. Yeah, and well, they had the you know they didn't have enough resources and money to right, get it right. done, and, they, and then once they got essentially pushed out. Um, but back to the Monday Night Football package, it was like made aware to these people making the bids on the games for ESPN to get the Monday Night Football, and then the package and whatnot. And they the NFL basically NBC got the old Monday Night package with really good games, and usually Sunday Night games are very good matchups. And yeah. then ESPN got the Monday Night games, which kind of were trash. Like they right. weren't any. It's just kind of like here's a game. Here's a primetime game. Like that right. was it. It's a big game because it's the Monday because night game. Because it's the Monday night game. It's the when, only thing. When on. the su- and it's true. If you look at the Sunday night games, generally, they're games where you're like, man, I gotta. Watch I want to watch that game. Well, like, and, then, and then they introduce the flex scheduling, oh, which, which helps. Is brilliant. You know, and, and and it's something they had to do. Oh, absolutely. Because you can't have those terrible games on Sunday night. You know, middle of December, no one's gonna watch when you have two like, you know, 
three or four win teams going against each other in the cold. No one, no one wants to watch that. The Battle of Pennsylvania is in week three, where yeah, the Steelers they also will come play to like Philadelphia a month before that in the preseason. They, well, don't they? Weird. Don't they always have a preseason they matchup? Do because well, it's close and then every and four so years travel, they right. play. Um, in the regular season. So September 25th, it's an evening game, 425, Steelers, Eagles. The next week, the Eagles will go on their bye. So they have an oh. early bye, week four, and I hate that. Yeah. I hate early byes. I want my team to have a bye between, like, weeks eight and ten, you know, right near the middle of the season. So Eagles on bye week four. So two out of the first three at home and then a bye. So that's a pretty easy start. But the next month is a little bit brutal just based on the travel alone. Four out of the next five games are on the road. Week 5, October 9th, they go to Detroit. The next week, they go to Washington. Not as bad on the travel. It's still away, but it's only down in D.C. Then they host uh, the Vikings. That's their only home game. That's their first home game in a month. and It's their only home game in October. The next week, they go to Dallas for the Monday, or excuse me, the Sunday night game on October 30th, the night before Halloween, Sunday night game at Dallas. And then they conclude this brutal middle part of the schedule in New York to take on the Giants on November 6th in week nine. Yeah, so they're at you know, they're at the Cowboys one week and then they're at the Giants the next week. That that's four tough. out of five on the road, then three out of four against division rivals, all on the road. Right. And when you look at it down the stretch, they do play yeah, so they play all three of their divisional games on the road, and then their last three divisional games are at home. Right. Like yeah. you know, so that's that's where you have to look at it. All right. Well, if you can win two out of those three road division games, I don't. I honestly have no idea what to think of the Eagles this year. None. Not a clue. Well, let's finish the schedule. Going just saying it, and yeah. then we'll go back and, and okay. talk about it. All right. So we're up to week nine at the Giants. Week ten, they host the Falcons. Then the next week they go to Seattle. Duh. Then they host Green Bay on Monday night. See, I'm That's convinced that no, we'll, t- we'll talk about the schedule later. <laughs> the next week, week 13, December 4th, they go to Cincinnati. Then they start their three out of four at home, all against the NFC East with the Redskins in week 14. The next week, they go to Baltimore. Then they finish the last two weeks against the Giants. That game is Thursday night, so they have a short week going from Ravens to Giants. And then on New Year's Day, they conclude at home against the Cowboys. Now, the good thing about this is, other than the Seattle game, their travel is not that bad. they got to go to the no, Bears and Lions. they have one West... And the farthest they have to go is Seattle. Bears-Lions, yeah. you know, that's still uh, out there uh, in the middle of the country, but mm. their longest trip is to Seattle. Then the other games aren't that far away. Ravens, Giants, Redskins, Bengals. So, okay, so Cowboys, they got to go to Texas, Bears. obviously. But that's every year. That's yeah. it. So... Um, so that's the that's the Eagles 2016 schedule. Now, if I go through this and I'll do this from my point of view, I think view, there's only they might only have two other games. So they might only have three games out of the Eastern Time Zone this year. When I look at it, Seahawks, Cowboys, right? Dallas isn't in the East, right? Seahawks, um, Cowboys, and Bears, and Bears. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's that's good. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, so if I look at this based on just let's go based on last year. Okay. They should beat the Browns. Should. They should beat the Bears. That's two. They should lose this. They should Steelers. lose to the Steelers. So, so that's two and one. If they're I, two and one going into the bye, I'm I'm pumped. Even if the loss is to the Steelers. Like, they I'll, should, I'd be pumped if they're two and one. Oh, certainly. They should beat the Lions, especially coming off the bye. Yeah. I don't know one. that they will though. I just I'm just saying right, based on right, last year. Right. 
They lose to the Redskins. Yep. They lose to the Vikings. Yep. They beat the Cowboys. Okay. I'm I, I'm I'm going to have them go one and one. Me too. So Me too. I'll just say they win this one for okay. whatever. So, um, what are they at this point? Four and three. Yeah. They also I'll say they lose to the Giants just for argument's sake. Four and four. I'm actually going to say they'll beat the Falcons because last year they should have beat the Falcons. Right. So, so I'm going to say they beat them this year. Five and four. You lose to the Seahawks. Five, five and five. five. You lose to the Packers. Five, five and six. six. You lose to the Bengals. Five, five and seven. seven. I'll say you beat the Redskins. To split six and you go seven. Six and seven. You, I think you're better than the Ravens last year, and I think you're going to be better than the Ravens this year. So seven, seven and seven. seven. Now I had you lose the lose Giants. the Giants. So I'll have you beat the Giants eight and seven, but lose I have you Cowboys. lose to the Cowboys eight and eight. Eight and eight. That's where I'm in, am right now. I can see that I can based see on that last much. year and what's going into this year. Now if. Um, Bradford comes back, and you know I know it's a different system because it's a different coaching staff. But if he's more comfortable in this system, you have players not at odds with the coach. You know it's a new system. Sometimes that's good for a couple wins, which we've talked about before. The new system, new coaching Chip staff, Kelly just made re- the playoffs this first right year. ten and six, two years in a row. I think. You know, and you never want to hear this because we talk about this all the time. Five hundred teams and around—that's not where you want to be. But I think the, the the lowest I can see the Eagles going is probably six or seven. And but I could see them getting to nine or ten. I I would agree. Right now, I would agree. And honestly, but like when I look going into it, I have no idea what they're going to do in the draft. Like none at all. Well, I hope you know I by have... next week. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope they know. <laughs> I just meant because we're talking about it next week. Right, so. but I, I just mean, like, I hope they know by two weeks because otherwise that's a problem. Well, maybe two weeks like, from now yeah. it will be over. So, right. yeah, I hope They'll be that like they the know. Vikings and still in the clock. <laughs> still in the clock. Just picks. calling up. We need to take yeah. someone. Take anyone. Yeah, yeah. So Bueller? that's the Eagles' schedule. That's where I see them at right now. Probably about a 500 team, which would be an, an improvement over last year. Yeah, they only won four games last year, five games. The Eagles? No, they finished second, didn't they? No, they finished last. Did they? What the heck was I just looking at on their website that had them finishing second? No, the Eagles Eagles were awful last year. The Cowboys were awful last year. They finished oh, last. Oh, the Cowboys finished with four wins. Yeah. Eagles. That's a, like, I think the Eagles were second. Didn't they, were they seven and nine? Yeah, you know what? They might have been. But they were really... No, yeah, because they were like the... Well, they had to be really bad because they were the fifth... They were the, like, what, 12? They were going to draft 12? 13th. 13th, and they moved to eighth. Yeah, you're welcome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> What's going yeah, on? Have here? fun with that. I'm pretty sure that they they won seven or eight, oh seven or nine. Yeah. What the heck? I told you, second place. It didn't feel like second place. I mean, <laughs> it felt a lot. A What's lot the first worse. loser? It right? felt a lot worse than second place. So seven and nine. I mean, oh, I know why. Because the NFC East was terrible. I well, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to overlook that or anything. Oh man. Um, Seven and nine, like I, I think at worst they're six and ten, and at best they're ten and six. So yeah. we go down the middle, they're eight and eight. It's an improvement in the first year with a, a new coach. It is the same quarterback, however, you have a different running game. Well, Ezekiel Elliott, he's going to be the running so, back, right? Yeah. No, I think he's gone before the Eagles pick. At eight, I think so. Wow, that'd be high for a running back. Let me rephrase that. I want him to be gone. <laughs> you don't want to have to cheer on a Buckeye. I don't want. Not just that. I don't want. Yeah, actually, no, that is it. I don't want any Ohio State player, actually. I don't want Joey Bosa. I don't want Ezekiel Elliott. I don't want Troy Smith. I don't want... 
Troy Smith ain't going to be playing in the NFL anytime yeah. soon after what yeah. he just got arrested for. Yeah. But anyway, um, so we will be talking Eagles draft next week. So I by next week, I still won't know what the Eagles are going to do. But I will, I will know what I want. Well, we're gonna do. we're gonna go. Through. I was kind of hoping the quarterback thing might work out, but that's not going to happen now. Right? No, not anymore. So we're gonna talk about that trade, uh, the Rams Titans trade. We're gonna talk about the the team needs and possibilities and outcomes for the four, five, six teams that you know our listeners tend to gravitate towards: the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Cowboys. Um, we'll do about an hour show on setting up for the draft. Then the week after, after the you know a couple of days after draft is over, we'll recap the draft. Um, anything else to say about the Eagles offseason to date? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, next week we just kind of said it. We're talking NFL draft because it's right around the corner. It's less than two weeks away. That's episode two hundred seven, and that'll be on Sunday, April twenty fourth. I have no idea what time. We kind of bounce around depending on our schedules. It could be two thirty in the afternoon. It could be four or five in the evening or it could be eight nine o'clock at night no no we just keep it on your toes that's but this is the best time to follow us on facebook and twitter and get all those updates check the websites regularly you can get more more info at jmnjrradio.com or joe mays and jraf.com also follow us on twitter at jmnjr underscore radio at joe mays and jraf at jmflyer1454 and at mr underscore raffoff uh, Shout-outs this week. I know you got one. Yeah, happy birthday to my son, Austin. He turns two on Tuesday, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, I can't really wrap my head around that still. The whole, like, when people are like, oh, what's it like? Especially people that I work with, some of the teachers that are younger than me, um, sometimes they'll ask, oh, you know, what's it like being a parent? It is, like, in some ways it's really easy to, like, describe, but it's hard to, like, pinpoint. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you do because you, yeah, oh, you yeah. know what it's like. Um, and yet I tell him it's still like when I sit there and actually think about it, it's still super surreal. Like, I can't believe like it's the most exciting and rewarding, frustrating event ever. (laughs) Yes. I love when you post the, like the star Wars, like, like quotes or sayings about related to parenting and how you can, yeah, my favorite one that I actually, um, Kate Barron's hasn't posted it. Um, to Ke- to Kelly's wall about ten times your toddler was Kylo Ren. Yes, that yeah. that had me laughing pretty good. So a lot of that <laughs> stuff that hops around on the internet is gold. But also besides a great happy birthday, uh, two years old now, Austin, or in a few days, I'm also happy birthday today to Val. Yeah. And um, this coming week, um, one of my coworkers, Beth, will be celebrating a birthday. And uh, happy birthday. Uh, I don't think I mentioned it on the show the week before. So happy belated to Dawn also at the shop. And um, that's probably it for now. We get a couple more people uh, on the show next week. So ho- hopefully your sister's surviving the snow out in Colorado. Yeah, I, I don't think they had it too bad. But uh, my cousin and some other distant relatives and in-laws kind of out there um, are getting hammered with snow yeah uh, i mean like when the range literally the the forecasted range in some areas was two to four feet right like jamie's mind was blown that she's like how is that like she's like if they give you a range of like two to four inches you're like oh okay but like how is the range two to four well, no, feet? but, but when least, it's that many like you don't you know. you know when they give you 
it in feet, no matter what you get, you're screwed. Right. 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 It doesn't really matter if you get two feet of snow or four like, feet of snow. Now, I now mean, I, it's easy for me to say <laughs> when we're sitting here at 75 and sunny today. Hey, it's been a long time coming for us. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> but, you know, and maybe it does in Denver when they're like two feet or Colorado, I should say. Two feet to them is probably nothing, whereas two feet to us is like debilitating. Yeah. I mean, we got 34 or whatever it was in January. Right. We We got... We got to go 34 feet, right? right. Feet. We got to go skiing when we went out there this winter. It was incredible. It was awesome. And I want to do it again sometime. Who knows when that'll be? However, that so I, I follow that resort now on, on Facebook and you know, just kind of like everything possible because I try and relive it in my head every day. <laughs> They've pushed back their close date multiple weekends already, and they got enough they got 21 inches of snow as of this morning, and it snowed all day today. Oh my goodness. Well so, lucky for Or that might have been loves- yesterday, but like, you know, so they could be I'm telling you, there will be resorts open till Memorial Day. Hey, out there. Well, I, when when we got hammered with that, almost nearly three feet or over three feet or whatever the official total was in the Reading area, I thought it was going to be around till April. Yeah, because like I just Boston like all right, now it's going to get it like right, July. Now it's going to get cold. We're going to keep getting hit with yep. it, and then nothing happened. Now it got cold off and on, right. and we got a little bit of icing and 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 flurries here and there, but we got no more than just a a couple of inches. Um, in little bits here and there, and it never lasted. Right, right. And that stuff that we got at the end of January was gone by like mid February. Yeah. So it, it was it was a weird winter. Well, I think we hit right around our average, and it was almost all from one snowstorm. <laughs> so yeah. So no, speaking of tangents, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's it, though. So thanks for listening, everyone. This wraps up the 206th episode of the Joe Mason J Rap Show. We hope you tune in every Sunday for our take on sports and other tangents. Until next time, I'm J Rap. <laughs> and I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J Rap Show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Ustream or Mixler and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRaff.com. The Joe Mays and JRaff Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.